0: Yo, this one goes out to the friends, let's transcend The time when I depended on the day's end To pretend that I could go alone, let's get together and and upend The norm, we can meet again so that we can extend Relationships, talk to him, fill that glass up to the rim Half full, half empty, heck, scratch at him, full to the brim Cause that's all life is, a party that we all attend If living were a budget, we should all go and overspend it's crescendo the crescendo podcast official disclaimer this podcast is not designed to offend hurt mentally damage or in any way harm your well-being the ideas released in this podcast are open to the world and welcome to interpretation my hope is that it allows you to further solidify what you believe take a stance i'm not a happy person that's just me and here's why i look at my time as a precious gift that i need to maximize or else i've wasted i see my life as the embodiment of positive forward motion and I rank my time on a scale of how much I was able to accomplish. I do this because I am obsessed with work. I cannot relax because I fear mediocrity. Every moment that I spend not working is a moment wasted. There's a term for a person like me called a workaholic, as defined by our good friend UrbanDictionary.com. A person who is addicted to working, to the point where their life consists of only work and sleep. They have very few friends, if any, and some rarely see their own families. Maybe I'm not entirely that extreme, but I fall on the spectrum. My experiments with life and work have triggered some interesting ideas about time, money, resources, power, and art. Wait, what? How does he tie them all together, we ask? Let me delve into the full story. I saw a Reddit post six months ago that has driven me crazy ever since I read it. Here it is. Think of how stingy you are with your money. If someone on the street asks for $10, $10? you're not giving it to them. There's no way you're giving 30% tip for a normal dining experience, and so on. And yet so many of us just waste ungodly amounts of our time. We throw it away, every day. I know I do, unless I'm careful. What helps me out to waste time is to see it as an investment, and to keep track of the returns I get for my investment. This approach has led me to recognize that some things offer incredible immediate return on investment. A night spent learning a new song on my preferred instruments, for example, gives me a lifetime of being able to play that song. That's an incredible return. Other investments are more like low-interest, high-security, long-term investments, going to the gym, eating right, etc. Some, like reading good books, are kind of a combination of both. But money activities are worthless from an investment perspective whenever benefit they seem to give doesn't last any longer than the activity itself reddit is a great example i can get super invested in a reddit conversation but at the end the second i shut down my computer i've gained nothing in return it gives me absolutely nothing of value i've invested my time into junk this post that took the redditor 45 seconds to create has fundamentally changed my thinking about time Gone are the days when I would watch TV for an afternoon to kill time, and I didn't have anything else to do. Now my entire existence is focused on how to get the highest returns in my free time. And I don't think that's a good thing, but it does bring up some interesting ideas. Let's break that post down. The underlying theory that the writer is trying to capture is that time is an asset. Just like stocks, time has a fluctuating value based on a person's skill and circumstance. You've probably heard of the old saying, time is money, but I think that time is its own entity with value independent of currency. Investors trade any other asset for money or other things of similar value, perhaps even a physical object like a bar of gold or a bar of soap. Time can be used to invest in other skills that will increase the rate of future time. School is a fantastic example of an investment that costs money but increases the value of a person's time. By getting education, a student learns skills that improve future employment opportunities and potentially pay more than with no qualifications. For example, it's easy to work at Subway because it requires very few abilities and the value of an employee's time is relatively low when making sandwiches. In contrast, going to medical school and learning how to conduct open-heart surgery is a much more valuable skill because far fewer know how to operate on a human heart and operating its exceptionally skilled labor. In this example, the cost of going to medical school is an investment that increases the future value of a person's time spent working. Time is an asset. So what? How is that idea applied to our everyday lives? By investing every free moment of our time into the future, a person sets himself up for long-term success. Learning skills as a young person opens up exponentially more doors later on, with different opportunities to live a fulfilling life. My family owns 104 board games. We also have at least 20 puzzles, 25 decks of cards, and 30 video games. It might seem like playing board games is a complete waste of time, but it's actually one of the most influential activities one can do for their brain and lifestyle. Here's why. When one plays a good strategy board game, he or she fine-tunes his or her ability to deal with challenges and situations in the real world. In other words, games are like small simulations of real-life problems. When airplane pilots are learning how to fly, they use cockpit simulators to virtually land a plane. It's the same with board games and many video games as well. The learned strategies help further define the nuances of how to make decisions every day. Plus, board games encourage interaction between people, provide a reason to spend extended periods of time with others, and can be an interactive evening activity. But most importantly, they model how to maximize every turn to optimize the chances of pulling ahead with the ultimate objective to win the game. And that should be everyone's goal, winning the game of life, whatever that may mean. Our new favorite game is a free smartphone app called The Battle of Polytopia. It's a board game designed for a phone and is strikingly like Settlers of Catan, if you've ever played that. On a side note, Polytopia was coded by one person which I can appreciate because I create this podcast by myself too. In the game, a player commands a tribe to expand the glory of an emerging empire. At the beginning of every turn, a player gains currency to spend on whatever he or she wishes. A player can spend that money on technology that will allow future rounds to have more money or just be thrown away for a momentary gain. I look at life the same way. Anyone can spend time investing in the future or enjoying a fickle pleasure. Let's take a quick break about time and talk about money. I think we need to fundamentally shift our perception of value. Here's my big stick that I've been trying to work into the show for a long time. Money is power. That's all it is. It's not some abstract idea that puts someone in a position of power. It actually is the power itself. Power is the ability to do work, whether it be to change possession of an item with an understood value or initiate human labor. Money is a tool to make things happen, and that's it. It shouldn't be a religion, as we talked about in the previous episode. And it shouldn't be a culture. It's a matter of function. I also like to see money as the universal ability. It's like the natural form of a magical creature that can shift into different shapes. The inherent value of an item can remain in something else its entire life, like a diamond ring or a mahogany table. Both of these things hold value measured in the quantity of its natural state, money. And time has value. Time is a resource with a fluctuating price for every person based on condition and skill. Let me give an example. The President of the United States has extremely high time-to-money value. His time is an almost priceless resource. But we'll quantify it for a moment. Let's say the President is sitting in the Oval Office. In this state, he's the most useful with access to the entire White House staff and countless other resources. Now let's say the Commander hops in Air Force One. The President is now in an extremely vulnerable state because he's flying in an airplane that could be more easily harmed in the White House. His time in Air Force One isn't quite as productive as time in his principal office because there aren't the same resources in the air as there are on the ground. Now let's suppose he's giving a speech. His time is going to be valued differently then as well. No one else can provide an address as the current President of the United States. So his time is worth more when he's speaking than it might be, say, making a sandwich, which a chef could do because the chef also has a different skill set. It seems to me that the key to life, the ultimate roadmap to success, is to maximize every single available moment. If a person is driving, he or she should use that time to do something productive with the resources available, his or her ability to listen and learn. At the office, a person should be as productive as possible during work hours, so he or she can use the rest of the time in the day to learn other skills or invest his or her time in other ways, and that includes resting. Finding this maximum efficiency lifestyle, it seems to me, is the key to getting the most done and being the most successful. But where does one draw the line? What's going to make one person the happiest? What is the purpose of life? Why should a person spend so much time working? Why do we work in the first place? This is where the real ethical, philosophical, and personal dilemmas come in. I open the episode with a statement that I'm not a happy person because I invest too much of my time working, and I think that's true. But I hope that by using every moment that I have, the value of my time will exponentially increase and I'll become happier and happier. Think of this with a simple analogy. When a youngster, or anyone who's a youngster at heart, makes a snowball and sends it down a steep hill covered in snow, the snowball will start small at the top and grow larger as it begins to pick up snow. The amount of snow covering this ball accumulates faster and faster, because the heavier the snowball gets, the more surface area it has to pick up snow. As the volume of attracted snow exponentially grows, eventually the once small snowball is an enormous boulder the size of a small house. I mean, if your hill is large enough, who knows? The snowball is like the increasing value of time. As one's ability to learn grows, he or she has more resources available like perhaps money, people, or connections to get even more accomplished. The trick to this philosophy is to foster that steep hill to roll the snowball down. But what is the meaning of life? Everyone struggles with it and maybe some have it figured out. But this whole proposed philosophy of maximizing work makes no sense because what's the point of working in the first place? I look at the meaning of life like this. Listen carefully. 1. There are good things in the world which means that there must be some reason for staying alive. 2. Some of these beneficial things require work to be initiated. 3. Work is not usually fun, but it can be fun when mixed with a person that likes to do it. 4. The ultimate life goal should be to maximize the amount of those good things mentioned in point 1. 5. Because point 2 establishes that some good requires work, The art of living is characterized by balancing meaningful work with immediate good. Wait, what? Did he just say the art of living? You bet I did. That's how I see it. I think that the richness of life comes from balancing all activities to ensure that the future is promising while working to heighten appreciation for the current moment. The ancient Greeks were really into that idea. That was Aristotle's whole golden mean, not to be confused with the golden ratio, which is a geometric relationship. Totally different. The golden mean is the balance between everything in excess and everything in deficiency. For example, too much sleep may lead one to be considered lazy, but too little sleep may not be healthy. The moral virtue, then, is finding the middle way between the two extremes. My man John Stuart Mill in the 19th century had another cool idea, where he declared that everyone's goal should be to maximize universal human good, and people should judge something only on its usefulness, a philosophy called utilitarianism. So where's the balance? Shouldn't there be a middle ground between enjoying life and using time as an investment? How does one weigh everything and decide what's best? I think living is an art. I think the skill falls in how well one can find that Aristotle middle way. In fact, life is probably the ultimate art form because it's the truest form of expression. The plainest way to express oneself is through the medium of the human body and mind. Forget the canvas or the musical instrument, the ultimate art is manipulation of the will through the body. Look at it this way. In all other arts, a person uses some tool to create a piece of work that expresses the emotions of the artist. For example, a painter uses a paintbrush to create colors and shapes that ultimately serve as the medium for the spread of ideas. In sculpture, the sculptor uses chisels and tools to create a piece made of stone. Life is the purest form of art because it funnels the will of a person directly into expression from a human body. Whether you believe that what makes a person unique rests in the brain or something else entirely doesn't matter. Either way, the source of that personality is still funneled through bodily control. The artistry rests on the time-managing abilities of each person. Personally for me, I don't know what to do. I'm still addicted to work because I feel the need to invest all of my time in the future. But when does it end? What if I work until my death? What if I never feel the positive effects of my working philosophy? Is my addiction to work my poor life artistry? I think everything will work out with time. That's part of what's so brilliant about it. The more time one has, the more numerous the long-term possibilities. Opportunities come and go. New projects arise. Relationships form. Friends are made and lost. Things happen. That's part of the richness of life and the gift of time. There's a fantastic TED Talk by an interfaith monk named David Steinel-Rost where he stresses that time is a gift and the key to happiness is loving that gift. We all receive it. It's a universal resource. We just have to live like each moment is priceless. Just like what we said at the beginning of the episode, time can be valued differently based on circumstance, but we should treat each moment like it's the best created. I went to a tapas restaurant for the first time on Sunday. I have a problem with eating too fast. I usually focus on what's left like a never-ending hunger for more food. When the waitress brought out the first plate, it was literally four slices of tomato all dressed up on a fancy plate for $9. And it got me thinking. Why can't we have an obsession with the present? Where's the need to live in any other moment? When I was eating those four tomatoes, I slowed down. I took my time. I had to. There was no other way to make the food last. By doing so, I was able to enjoy every bite I took and appreciate the art that the chef created. I think every moment should be like that. Being grateful for the opportunity to be alive should be enough to savor every second. Forget what's happening tomorrow in a week. It's essential to plan, but planning should be an afterthought. I've been fascinated with the Japanese concept of Ikigai for some time now. The idea originated in Okinawa in Japan and many residents claim it is the secret to a happy life. A person can find their Ikigai in the center of a four-way Venn diagram, which I can't show you in the podcast, but I'll describe and link it in the description. Ikigai is a subset of four questions. What are you good at? What do you love? What does the world need? And what can you be paid for? Between all of these central ideas, there are gray areas where they overlap. The secret to happiness the Ikigai diagram claims is living with all four of those answers. Ikigai means a reason for being. Can Ikigai unite with the working philosophy mentioned earlier in the episode? Should we all strive to find our center of the Venn diagram? Does the art of manipulating time follow these guidelines? The brilliance of life is that no one knows. The brilliance lies in the fact that we all have to figure out our own paths. We're all just practicing and experimenting with life. No one has an answer. So go out there and give it a try. Stick around after the credits to hear highlights from funny conversations I had with teenagers about life's purpose. Crescendo Podcast is written, recorded, produced, mixed, and published by me, Maywood. Every track you hear on the show is my original content, with the exception of the intro and outro track, which was written by Acids and Last Voyage and published on Distance Records. You hear it everywhere, but it actually does help when you subscribe on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much to cry to form who designed the purple logo, thanks to John Hargrave, father, blockchain enthusiast, talented chef, and slap bass player for your continued support and encouragement, and thanks to the staff and friends on Cream Dart for the feedback and good vibes. You just listened to half an hour of content that you hopefully enjoyed and I'll keep the money talk short and sweet. My challenge for you today is this, I don't believe that you will donate some bitcoin. My challenge for you is to be the person that stands up for independent content creators prove me wrong and donate a few dollars of bitcoin to the address that can be found in my bio on soundcloud, itunes or wherever else. Just copy and paste the address into the send part of your app. Best of luck. Hey, what do you think is the purpose of life? <laughs> the purpose of life to achieve your goals, those you have to figure out for yourself. What are your personal goals? To become the best bass player alive. Perfect. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay. What what do you think is the purpose of life? The purpose of life is to find meaning. Okay. What what about meaning? What what is? What do you think? Is there one meaning? Um, I think there are different manifestations of meaning for different people. It's basically the same thing for each person, but it's just you can do it in different ways. And I think that's helping others, being like the best person you can to others. Okay, that's a good response. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? Do what you want. What you want. I'm playing games, uh well, I just wanted to ask what the uh what you think the purpose of life is I'm playing okay, you think that's what the the point of life is, yeah homie okay do if you had to tip, pick like a second or third or I guess that is two, but like a third or a fourth like or what's your reasoning behind that? Probably money because you know money buys happiness, it doesn't just buy things that make you happy, it actually buys happiness it's, that's yeah the- money bu- money does buy happiness it's like it's like really like futuristic dog like what the told f- mean like whoa okay, uh, thank you for your response yeah dog Bye, uh good night, Jake.